Welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. Let's just jump straight into the guest. Sure. This is a returning guest, although with a fairly hefty hiatus between appearances. Right. It's very- been uh, five years, maybe? Seven I, and a half, I, I think. I think you might have done one of the first episodes. And really? And we keep seeing each other at gigs and we're like, oh, fuck, why are we going like? It's... It's the brilliant, the very funny Bill Dwyer. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. How are you? And you too, Andy. How are you? I'm, I'm, well, you didn't get to you said and you too without hearing how he is. Huh? How are ah, you, Matt? Yeah, it's a five, Matt. He knows great. how I am. He's a- <laughs> I'm doing well. I can't complain about anything. I'm, uh, I feel like I'm finally like uh, mostly over the, over the back stuff from this year that you don't know about, but I had uh, a year of like shitty back things and then surgery and I'm like, oh, out of the, the woods, back. I think. Oh, good. Yeah. Now you're I'm single, not jinx right? I'm by saying that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm in a single guy's apartment right now, huh? That you are. That's why it's so much fun. That's right, you got the golden eye <laughs> yeah, over there? Yeah, yeah, golden eye, a lot of stuff. We're having like magazines. We got tiki drinks in front of us. <laughs> yeah, magazines. That's me. It's so, so they don't think I'm like. These aren't. These are uh, Sky Mall parody. No, he's uh, not putting comic. weird magazines yeah. out. He's not putting Hustler, Beaver, <laughs> barely. Barely legal. Barely legal. <laughs> can I see some? Can I see some idea of these girls? This girl's totally legal. <laughs> She's been legal forever. She's been legal a- for six months, for God's sakes. That's not barely. Is that something they call like first year law students? You think probably? Oh like yeah, yeah. Towards the end of oh, <laughs> frivolous lawsuits. <laughs> Oh, damn it. Another lawsuit in the barely legal headquarters. <laughs> that's a good... Okay, wait. I know we're kidding, but that's a great name for a, a great show title. What? Like for a shitty law firm, a, a show on like HBO called Barely Legal. Oh. It's like inept lawyers who are had to like open a law firm. Like one oh, of them, maybe one oh, of them passed yeah, the bar yeah. 20 years ago and since then he's been like... Or a drug dealer, but he... Except, or maybe it's like B-E-A-R, Lee Legal. Okay, and it's a family of... <laughs> yeah, three. yeah, barely, it's, yeah. Because the barely legal magazine people would be all over you. <laughs> that's true. Once you have your... Or you could go into a partnership with them. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Or you could go into a partnership with them. That's true. right, yeah. Why not? But you don't want to cross, because ironically, uh, barely legal has a very strong legal team, and they'll come after you. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The barely legal legal team is yeah. truly legal. legal. Yeah, they legal. are expertly legal. They, they bear little to no connection to their magazine content. No, sir. No, sir. Very legal. They those, are both clothed and senior. Those cease and desist letters were uh, <laughs> up and up. <laughs> Uh, so you're you're of the age where uh, you remember all the classic. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was sure. Going to go into like a <laughs> classic porn discussion, but maybe that's not right for this podcast. Uh, uh, whatever you want. No, I mean like the uh, the God is the day of the like um, French sort of. Uh, was it Wii? Wasn't that like a Playboy? Wannabe? Oh yeah, Wii was crazy when I was a kid. But yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like super explicit. It was just like Playboy. I don't know, right? but it was more explicit than like uh, a lot of stuff that was happening. Yeah. Like pre Hustler, Wii was kind of like a say. And Wii what's is going o- on here? O-U-I, not- Which was the British yeah. version of Wii? Wait, what? <laughs> just say what's going on here, magazine. <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> That's the British version. Say that just seems like a British porn star, like a Bobby fetishist. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his uh, 
<laughs> nightstick? No. Tamara will knock your monocle off. <laughs> what do you call the clubs? Billy clubs. Yeah. Do they? Wait, do they Bobby's, call them billy clubs? Bobby's carry billy clubs? No, no that, they, don't. They, they carry truncheons. 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 We, we Much be better name. We're so simple. Yeah. What's that? Billy club. That's a billy club. Well, they're called Bobby's. Truncheons. That's a great they name. Cups Bobby's just because there was once a cop named Robert. It was, is that it, true? Yeah. Well, he well, was the guy who founded the... He was. It was a politician who... Still. Robert Peel. Still. They were also called Peelers. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what I learned from streaming every episode of Jeopardy. You, Since they got put out uh, last week, they put up like 50 episodes. Oh, did they on uh, Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, except you run into that uh, those Ken Jennings episodes, and you know how those end. Oh, that's true. Except for one... Like, they're all the same. Right, right. I, actually, I haven't seen a lot of his, nor have I seen any of the guy who is the new Ken Jennings. Right, but that guy's done now, right? Except they're doing a big-ass tournament where it's going to be... Because everyone thinks Ken won the most money. I think he won the most games, but Brad Rutter won the most money. Hmm. So Ken and Brad and that new guy are going to face off in like an ultimate, ultimate oh. tournament. So I would uh, fight you on that, but I don't have all my facts. But I thought Ken Jennings did win the most money. He might have won the most money in regular episode play, but Brad won enough tournaments that he he has like four and a half, oh, four and a half million dollars. I think Ken has like two and a half or three million. <clears throat> yeah, and then the other guy who Jonathan Holt something Holtzhauer. Holtzhauer sounds right. Yeah. Is, Is he right? the new something guy? Like the guy was a bartender. That and guy. He, well, he, he no, was that's like the guy who always wore the funny outfits and had the crazy hair. I think, right? Yeah, he had great or was hair. This guy a bartender too. No, he was a professional sports gambler. Okay, mm. uh, and he won. He didn't win the largest amount, but he won. He won his amount per- in the quickest time, and he won. The, he has like something his, like eight of the top ten f- highest. His singles. per game average, right, yeah. was great because he always uh, always doubles. Yeah, he always yeah. I'll make it a true daily double, Alex. I was watching these teens today in the tournament. Every time they get a daily double, they're like a thousand. Like, what are you doing? That's not how you win this game. You bet everything every time you get a daily double. Every the time. Teen James, tournament James is ridiculous. That's a t- that's so challenging. The teen tournament is so hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's but he also just barely behind the tournament of champions. He played it's it very like legal. He played it like a sports gambler though, and he played it his game theory was good. He was a very aggressive better. But he had to know the stuff too, obviously. Yeah, and also and he kind of a quick thumb. Right. And he goes for all of the he he goes for a lot of the highest one values first. Which right. is not what that other guy was doing that pissed off Alex. Right. That was jumping around to find the daily doubles. He'd like what Oh, okay. He the other guy and like it's now incorporated into the general's jeopardy strategy. I don't know why I know so much about this, but no, he like- ha- he had crunched the numbers because I think he was a statistician and he had worked out where the daily doubles are most likely to arrive on average. So he worked out like a, a selection pattern that made you most likely to find them. Yeah, I think they are never in the in the lowest uh, right. point value row. Maybe and then, sometimes in the second row. But then, what, but then people do that thing of like they pick their favorite category and they work from the bottom to the top or from the top to the bottom. Whereas he like. He mostly jumps around the highest value ones because also right. people, you have an advantage at the beginning of the game because you are more used to being in that studio and quicker on the buzzer, and then they get better as the game goes on. And, oh, I didn't and think your that part yeah, it. your experience reduces in value. Right. So he's like, while my experience counts for the most, which is at the beginning of the game, I'm going to go for the highest value questions see that makes sense because if you get your daily double early on in the game you, you can't bet that much yeah right so he goes for the highest ones first to get up some fee and then he chases the doubles using the pattern that the other guy worked out 
there and doubles the maximum amount he can, and then and then he starts clean to clear up. off the lower end. But ends. are they truly happy, these people? <laughs> That's the thing. Are they happy like we are? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't think you so. You do seem like a paragon of happiness. What's your secret? I uh I mask it well. I mask <laughs> I eat my sadness. I eat that. <laughs> well you 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 are also someone who we're talking about game show strategy, but you have hosted more than one game show in your past. Right. Yeah. That's right. You're a game show hosting veteran. Yeah. The sports game show and then uh yeah, and then um uh, There's ones I ha- I didn't even know about. I'm just looking up your your Wikipedia now, assuming it's accurate. Man, so. if you, uh, I'll tell you, and you know what, Dirty Rotten Cheater uh, was a uh, was a great game show. Harder to explain than it was to like watch and uh-huh. get, but it was like Family Feud but in reverse. Like the most popular answer got you the least amount of money. There is a game. Oh, there is a game show sense. called Pointless in the UK that has a similar thing. I I think. Well, I think. They had Dirty Rotten Cheater, like, it was going worldwide. Uh, I don't know where it is now. It was on PAX, which is gone now, mm-hmm. but we uh, we shot it for NBC, and uh, it was just called Cheaters then, but there's the show called Cheaters, oh, so right. we couldn't call it Cheaters, so then they changed it to Dirty Rotten Cheater, and I shot I shot a pilot a presentation, and right after me, another guy who was going to be, who might have been the host, shot a pilot presentation, and that man's name was Ryan Seacrest. No. <laughs> and then I got the gig, <laughs> thus opening the door right? for yeah. America to love Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had only done slightly shittier on my pilot presentation for Dirty Rotten Cheater, Ryan Seacrest might never be... It yeah. could be all Brian could, Dunkelman running this, say, what running the goddamn world. Dunkelman, yeah. Well, I thought I believed what, what the story was at the time, which is that he walked away from being. If people don't remember, he was the original second right uh, host of American Idol, right. And uh, then after the first season, he left voluntarily. Air quotes. And then yeah. if you look up the stories about it, it's like one of those things where you're being fired. We're going to let you say you quit. Right. So he didn't think he was like on to bigger and better. It wasn't uh, some hubris thing. He was let go. Basically. By the way, there was a UK version of Do- Dirty Rotten Cheaters that ran for three episodes, hosted by Brian Connolly uh, in the UK. And we ran for three episodes before being replaced by reruns of Diagnosis Murder. Hmm. <laughs> well, I uh, I hosted uh, more than a couple of shows on the uh, on the game show network, and uh, we did. Um, we did I've got a secret and the uh and the and our I guess our our gimmick on that was we had an all gay panel and uh and we did a season of it and it was really good and it was funny and all that but we followed the match game at like ten, we were on at 10:30 at night out mm-hmm. here on the west coast and we followed the match game and we our ratings dropped from match game reruns. Mm. Match game. Re- uh, uh, look, I love the match it's game. Match game, by the way, <laughs> again, I mean. translating for our British viewers, exists in the UK, but it is known as Blankety Blank. Really? Okay. Yep. It sounds dirtier like that. <laughs> it's a pretty dirty game. It's yeah. so filthy right now. <laughs> oh, it's is the so new easy. Filthy? I don't yeah, the, the one that one. Alec Baldwin hosts? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Should have been part you just of... Have, you just have dick on every card. <laughs> Like every every question is you know isn't that what the, scratching his blank or you know puts a hat on his blank, blank. yeah <laughs> yeah am I, am I forgetting I thought the old one was always leading you towards something dirty and then they were always going for a non dirty thing and that's kind of the joke but it was from the seventies and it was it wasn't like particularly dirty yeah 
Yeah. I mean, it was like more clever. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all those shows at Nillywood Game, they would always just say making Whoopi. That was their favorite yeah. euphemism. <laughs> I'll tell you what's a, oh, I love Bob Eubanks. Clint, Clint Eastwood's like, like, like younger brother that's bob eubanks to me the brian duckelman to his secret <laughs> we um there if you ever watch like uh, pluto uh, on buzzer tv they have a uh, they have a uh, you know all sorts of classic game shows no and, i don't know what that is yeah buzzer, buzzer TV. tv anyway it's on pluto tv it's uh, one of the apps you can download on your roku but there was a travesty called the uh match game hollywood squares hour and uh gene rayburn hosted the uh the match game part yeah. And then they would add three more seats. And then John Bauman, John Bowser Bauman from Sha would come down <laughs> and he would host uh, Hollywood Squares. Woodstock, Woodstock alum. That's right. Yeah, right. The only the only Woodstock alum to ever host a game show. John Bowser Bauman. Uh, you know what else is being? I can, I can hear back going. Nope. In England, for three episodes, Jimi Hendrix hosted a show called. That's my leg. You're pulling. Yeah. Do you know? You never seen the British Wheel of Fortune hosted by the band? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of when some uh, radio station out here had uh, Ozzy Motley uh, hosting their morning show. Which is like a 20-piece I know. It was like 13 guys. Like, you thought morning radio was awful. <laughs> Where do you try this? Try uh, 13 people, none of whom are natural hosts. Right. And no one ever, like, identified themselves like, hello, I'm Mike. I'm the bassist. Here's what I'm about to say. No, they're just a bunch of guys talking. You're like, oh, crap. Christ, what is going on here? Luckily, we never have any crosstalk on this episode, podcast at all. Uh, so it's a uh, hey, you 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 know what else is you know what else has been uh, reinstated, uh, dug up after oh, oh I know after a fair bit of time, card sharks on ice. I do know this is kind of cute. This isn't too sad, right? This it's cool. It's I think it's pretty yes. cool. It's I I think if you're talking about like comedy equals tragedy plus time, you've got <laughs> you got enough time. Almost 20 millennia on this one. 18,000-year-old uh, puppy found frozen in ice could be the oldest confirmed dog ever. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Right? Right. few people sent this in, including... Um, oh, l- listen to Mike. Right. Yeah. Look of- at his teeth, too. It's crazy how intact this thing is. It yeah. really 18, is. thousand years on ice. Looks treats- better than a lot of front yard dogs in Highland Park. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's for sure. God. It looks very hyena-ish. His nose has a very, um, it's kind of sloped in a yeah. dingo-ish, hyena-ish way. This yeah. is d- discovered, researchers in Sweden share the photo after discovering uh, him in the Siberian permafrost in summer last year. They, they're not sure if the amazingly well-preserved creature with this full set of teeth is a dog or a wolf, possibly because it comes from the point where dogs were domesticated. It's uh, It's got a chip in it, and its owner is uh, <laughs> Arg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I, li- it's literally a chip. <laughs> it's yeah, from, yeah, uh, it is. It's from, <laughs> from a spear, it's a bone chip. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love Darlin, what a name, and his colleague Dave Stanton. What a but- name! Speaking of great names, and we just had Thanksgiving. Do you know who invented the green bean casserole 
in the uh, Campbell's kitchen can way I, back in I, 1957. Hints 57. Um, well, she, she has an oh. Irish last name. It is a woman. You'll never get it. Can you? Can you get a hint? An Irish last name. You're a yeah. game show host. I don't know. Walk me through this. Well, it's, it's you need to either know it or I'm assuming it's Al, not Alex a Trebek doesn't give people clues. You don't anybody? Watch anybody? <laughs> anybody? Anybody? All right, uh, but try I'm this. assuming it's someone who we know from a different walk of life. Than, no, oh. you don't know her at all. Oh, <laughs> oh. To, I thought you might know. We're just trying to guess a name like Rumpelstiltskin style. <laughs> we're really, and it's almost—it's so Rumpelstiltskin-y. Her name was Dorcas Riley. <laughs> Dorcas Riley, D-O-R-C-A-S. Dorcas Riley. Oh, I think I have seen not not that full name, but I've seen that first name as a name before. You've seen the name Dorcas before? But when you say it out loud, it sounds funnier than when you see it. When you see it written, it looks more like, oh, that's a reasonable name. And someone says, hey, Dorcas. D-O-R-C-A-S. Yeah. Dorcas. My. <laughs> my, oh, my. I've never seen that name. Like, have you? I've never. I have not. Never before or since. And Dorcas. yet she gave us. If we have any Dorcas listeners. She gave, all, us, uh, she gave us the Campbell's green bean casserole. We apologize. It's a biblical name. Oh, that makes sense. Well, back then, of course, <laughs> they, you know, they named all their girls Mary or Kathleen or something. You know, nobody. What, what did the Bible Dorcas do? It says that she was uh, a disciple who lived in Joppa or Joppa, J-O-P-P-A. I'd say that's Joppa. Sure. Referenced in the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament. Her name in the Textus Receptus, I don't even know what that means, is, is Tabitha. What is Textus Receptus? I don't know, but I want to get one. Yeah. Ah, Dorcas. Textus like Receptus is out. Someone just trying to improvise a Harry Potter spell just on, like on the spot. Uh, Textus Receptus? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a Greek version of the New Testament from the 16th century. So Tabitha is also written with Greek letters. So maybe the name Tabitha comes from Dorcas? I don't know. God damn it. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> of course, my legal name is William, and they call me Bill. That's one of the weirder... That, and like Henry and Hank. Henry and Charlie Hank. and Chuck. Yeah. No sense. Yeah, right? At least the first letters stay the same. Right. William and Bill is... No. Yeah. I forgot about Henry and Hank. <laughs> my favorite, favorite nickname, Hank. It's a good nickname. Yeah. And then uh, Dorothy becoming Dot. There's a bunch that don't make any sense. Margaret. Yeah. Margaret's a peg might be the weirdest one. Right. That is the weirdest. Margaret and peg. Yeah. not even a P. And also well, Margaret. Jack and John. That's another weird yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also exactly the same length. Both. You're not, not shortening it. <laughs> you're, you're losing it's... neither letters nor syllables. <laughs> it's like changing it's... World Wide Web to WWW, making it three times as long <laughs> to say. It's nine That's syllables. Jimmy Brogan's old joke. My dad's name was John. They called him Jack for short. I'm wondering how much shorter is that anyway? <laughs> I'm doing it just like Jimmy Brogan. I don't know Jimmy Brogan. Enough. You know what? Jimmy Brogan, the classic Jimmy Brogan with his, uh, uh, my name is James. My brother is uh, John. My other brother is Matthew. All of us were named after apostles. My sister, Judas, not too happy about it. <laughs> ba boom, boom, boom. And the audience are just rolling, man. He's just... Uh, is that his opener? I don't, I don't know. He's been, yeah. I think he's right up there. If he wants it to be, it is. Yeah. Jimmy's been, you know, he's been doing it forever. I don't recognize him. I'm he's uh Jimmy Brogan? He's part of that whole, like, he's the same generation as people like Seinfeld and... Paul Provenza, Bill Maher. 
Okay. Yeah, but he did. Uh, he he warmed up. Uh, he was a big writer for Jay Leno. I think he did most of the monologue. For, oh, really? For, for a long time. And then I think he would warm up the audience. But it's all it was all crowd work, and he was just brilliant at it. You know. Yeah. I think he was the first guy when it, you know when he said, "Sir, what do you do?" And the guy said, "Nothing." I think Jimmy was the first guy who said, "Well, how do you know when you're done?" <laughs> that's boom! pretty. That's pretty great. Bob, Bob, boom! God damn! Just looking at a list of some of those other shortened ones, we've forgotten about Ted or Teddy being short for Edward. Right. Oh, well, I thought maybe Theo. Right. Theodore. That's uh, Theo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bess and Libby and Betty and Betsy, oh, all yeah. for Elizabeth. Elizabeth oh, has yeah, a bunch right, of them. Helen right. apparently going into Nelly. I never knew that one. I didn't. Well, I don't know that. James either. to Jim. That's obviously mm-hmm. uh, Adelaide becoming Heidi. What? Oh. Mm-hmm. No! Wow! What website is this? People Wikipedia. Can just, they can just throw anything up there, yeah. can't they? I've never. Heidi's not its own. Heidi's not a sovereign name. No, it's not its own. I think it is now. Um, yeah. What a great! Wow. Robert Adelaide. to Bob. We had. Do we have that one already? No, we already said that hey, one. What is idiomatic? Oh, Richard mean? to Dick. Obviously, with <laughs> Richard Sorry. to Dick, the gold right. standard of yeah. the gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we, and then the. Multiple weird ones that come off of Margaret. Right. Was more than Peg? Oh, uh, Madge? Midge? Meg, Peg, Peggy, Maggie, Marge, Mags, Mole, Greta, and Rita. And then Maureen. Not, not Maureen Midge. becomes Mo or Reen, which I've always enjoyed. Reen. Yeah, Reen for Maureen. So this dog. Is, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Which, Dor- by the way, Still vaguely on the same thing. The, the researchers' Russian colleagues have called the male creature Dogor, which apparently is a pun on dog or wolf. Okay. Uh. Oh, okay. Dogor. Dog or wolf. I yeah. get it. Okay. <laughs> While it's thousands of years old and has an exposed rib cage, Darlin says it feels like a, quote, very recently dead animal. That's so cool. Darlin said, uh, Darlin's a professor of evolutionary genetics and said it was amazingly well preserved even before they cleaned it up. When we found it, we didn't know how old it was. They said they found it in the permafrost, but it happens that th- these things get frozen in there that are only a few hundred years old or even a few decades. We we're excited about it. We had a healthy dose of skepticism until we radiocarbon dated it. Obviously, once we got the results, it was 18,000 years old. That changes everything. When we got that result, it was amazing. 18,000 years ago is an interesting period when we think a lot of stuff is happening with both wolves and dogs genetically. We cannot separate it from modern wolf. Pleistene, which is the Ice Age, wolf or dog. Um... <laughs> One reason why it might be so difficult to say is because this one right is right there at the divergence time. So it could be a very early modern wolf or a very early dog or a late Pleistocene. Uh, a Pleistocene. Pleistocene? How do you pronounce Pleistocene, it? Pleistocene, maybe? Wolf. I think Pleistocene. How about, uh, how about this permafrost, huh? It's yeah. kind of a lie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not permanent at all, is it? They're finding dogs in it, this permafrost. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where advertisers are allowed a little bit of like leeway with the claims. Yeah, like like yeah. Un- like unlimited data, but actually they can cap it after about yeah. after a certain number of. Gigabytes. I wish there was advertising in the permafrost. <laughs> People just laid labels down there, and hey, look at this! <laughs> Never going to be unfrosted. Who wants ketchup? <laughs> That's for eighteen thousand. By the way, who at the lab has the uh, unenviable task of having to break the news to the owners? I'm <laughs> looking all this time oh. uh, too soon I don't know if you think about it like this thing was pro- in the frost like 18,000 years ago so there's some irresponsible owners that's that. a good point yeah they, don't, yeah, they probably yeah. don't care yeah yeah 
Uh, so this was in East Google, Siberia. Google, Google, Google. Did you take the dog out? <laughs> <laughs> Just let him outside. Right into the permafrost. Um, listen, I tried to bone up for this uh, <laughs> podcast today, and I went on to, uh, I think it was Science Daily. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you subscribe, you can get a free tote bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got one? Huh? No, I didn't subscribe. <laughs> Who's Just short boning on... up for a podcast. I'm not going to subscribe to science. <laughs> Who's short on tote bags in these modern times? I have my, I don't my bag. Know. My bag situation is oversaturated at this point. Honest to God, though, was was I doing the joke? And I'm doing a bit about it, but just like when they're when they're fucking bugging you with questions at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You want a bag? Yeah. How many? Who who am I? You? <laughs> the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> fucking no. I fucking do something interesting for a living. Oh. You figure out the number of bags I need. As a former bagger, I do take offense at that. <laughs> yeah, but no one ever asked I know, you. I know, it's true. You no can one just ever fucking like, do whatever you I want. Can, when I you can were... tell because I'm a professional. I'm retired, yeah. but like I can yeah. eyeball it. And you never know. lose it. Yeah, you knew in a double it. bag. Yeah, then the you, you want me to double bag it? Again. Again. <laughs> this is dependent Ooh. on... Right? I don't know the quality of your bags. Well, can I talk to your... Where's the purchasing department? How are they... Have you changed vendors? God damn it. Oh. Oh, by the way... So and I know it's a of, small thing, but it's just... No, no. Uh, the fact that you're supposed to know. Yeah. Uh, and I, also, just everybody with the, stealing the produce bags as their mini grocery bags now. Is that a thing people do? Yes. Oh, because yes. they have, because they want to save the ten cents. Because they want to save ten cents. Yes. Oh my God. First of all, bring your bags. It's not that hard. Like I said, we all have tons of them at home. Just right. remember to throw a couple in the car. Uh, just, I want to say that before I go into a rant. But we're progressing backwards. This is what I wanted no, no, to talk no, about. No, I mean, I think it's good that we that we go to reusable bags. That's undeniably a great step forward. I was just going to point out that uh, paper, this whole straw thing, which I've gotten some blowback for our listeners about because the plastic straw thing is bullshit. Oh, it is? I mean, it's a drop in the bucket and everyone has followed that and they haven't gotten rid of the huge... Pla- like we, Everyone's still drinking plastic water bottles, which are like so much more volume of plastic we're creating. But the plastic straws, just because a kid came up with it, everyone just loves this idea and everyone's on board now and it's awful in so many ways that we didn't even think of initially. We did. There was a story about this woman who slipped and fell and her metal straw went through her eye and killed her. So metal straws can kill you. Oh my so god, that woman! That. And you know what her name was? Dorcas Riley. <laughs> there's the fact that disabled people rely on on functioning plastic straw. Like because paper straws last you like three sips. Yeah. So it's like we're saying fuck the disabled. They don't get to drink things. And then also, I just looked up this. I was watching a video, a Veritasium. You ever watch that YouTube series? I have it. It's a very good science YouTube series. And uh, one of the things he was doing was this experiment to see what happens when you screw a pressure set, pressure meter on uh, like a two liter bottle and then shake it up. Do you think the pressure goes up, goes down, or remains the same? Uh, uh, it remains the same. Oh, it's God not, damn it! You didn't. I didn't have sorry, enough time. Well, I, but <laughs> I would have gone with more pressure, though. I think. So the reason. But then I thought, no, it's a trick question. It's gonna. Anyway, I know I'm making people not want to watch the video, but um, yeah, it doesn't change the fact that there's still all this. Um, you know, um, what's the God, what's the word for the how the car, carbon dioxide is put into the water? Why can't I think of the word? Carbonization, osmosis, yes, whatever the uh, saturate. Yeah, there's still all the saturated carbon dioxide, and it only comes out when um, the fact that shaking it makes it come out because it introduces all these little bubbles into the um, mix, and those are sites that other 
that the carbon dioxide can then uh, those like nucleation sites that allow it to make bigger bubbles and this chain reaction starts. So you know what else introduces nucleation sites to a carbonated beverage? Straw. A paper straw. Oh. If you put a plastic one and a paper one into a carbonated beverage right next to it, it'll bubble up around the paper one, not the plastic, which is why, and then I was at a movie last weekend, all they had were paper straws. And I was thinking about it, like, yeah, whenever you drink carbonated drinks out of a paper straw, you're getting like a mouthful of mostly carbon dioxide but you know what I mean have you, have you noticed that before it's very I, little liquid I don't know a ton I of, hate a ton I'm not a big straw guy well try drinking a carbonated thing out of a, pl- a paper straw and you'll notice that your mouth is mostly getting full of gas and not liquid like bubbles well, are interesting anyway like nucleation so the fact bub- both gas is dissolved in that in liquids and also just boiling like have you ever tried superheating water in a microwave we should do that boil? as a kid yeah you could because because the microwave heats it so smoothly um, if you put it in a, in a, a container like a mug that has a relatively smooth surface, doesn't have any big blemishes, yeah. you can get it substantially over 100 degrees Celsius without it boiling. Take it out of the microwave incredibly carefully, and then if you drop like some salt or sugar in there, it then just basically almost explodes. It bubbles over. Really? Because, I thought colligative properties raise boiling point and lower freezing point. Is it, it the no, it's nothing, it's nothing to do with the impurity. It's that the... Bo- the the air, uh, the gaseous state of the water won't form. It won't start bubbling. It basically won't start boiling because it doesn't have anything for the bubbles to form on. Huh. And then you drop the salt in, and instantly each of the craggy edges of the salt gives just, little nucleation sites. And just a chain the, reaction from there. Yeah, and then it'll just cause huge bubbling over and it'll cool them. You haven't done this, though. You yeah. Just, you have? Yeah, we used to, it was just one of many dumb things that we did with microwaves when we were students. That was pretty well explained, Matt, I gotta say. Thanks. Like, yeah. I was I was lost at first, then I was like, oh, okay, now Along I with it. making grape spark. The grape spark thing is cool. I haven't seen it, but um, I mean, I've seen it on YouTube videos, but I haven't done it's it. It's pretty first. easy to do. We, uh, at Arby's, my, uh, my manager, who's my next-door neighbor, used to, uh, if he knocked a fly down, he would put it in a... Uh, Beef and cheese container, and then throw that in the microwave and explode it. <laughs> wait, wait, but wait. he'd always put it in a container. You know, he wouldn't want to have <laughs> yeah, fly all over yeah. it. But he just, yeah, he would because he's a pro. Who'd microwave a I fly? Mean, you got the high standard of Arby's to hold, <laughs> dude. Arby's is great. When did you work at Arby's? Uh, that was my uh, second summer job. I was sixteen then. I couldn't operate the slicer because you got to be eighteen. <laughs> but I was I was behind the counter, and that was when this is sort of a science thing. I remember they said uh, something about uh, you know if you drop ice in the uh, in the French fryer, it'll 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 fuck things up. So one morning we were we were setting up, and um, I had an ice cube, you know, and uh, the fry the French fryers were were heated up, and uh, I just dropped an ice cube in there. And I, I watch it, and I was like, no, nothing, nothing. Then, like two minutes later, the things bloop, 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 bloop. It's all boiling. It's all boiling over, and <laughs> really? it's bubbling, and everyone's running around. There's something wrong with the French fryer. What happened? <laughs> Just I don't, ice I don't cube, know. Really? Uh, uh, ice cube, yeah. Damn. So then we had to make potato cakes and fries in the one fryer. The one fryer. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all day, all day long. For the entire day, they couldn't just dump out the old oil and restart. No, it's uh, so much harder than that, Matt. You've never <laughs> so worked in fast it. food. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't yeah. know his way around a fryer later. I'm guessing. What's the, I don't know uh, <laughs> what it was called, but everything was great at Arby's. Did you ever hear that uh, prank phone call a dude made where he talked some Wendy's employees into putting two phones in two different fryers? 
Really? It's it's amazing. I don't know if it's still online somewhere, <laughs> but uh, I, it's 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 more problematic when you realize this was like the kind of behavior that then led to those. There was a movie called um, Compliance. Uh, uh, where a guy called based on a true story about a guy calling this fast food you, you know about that Matt right oh yeah yeah by the Pat way we Healy should say like don't don't superheat water and chuck salt in it because no. you could end up burning yourself and also don't throw water or ice into an oil boiling oil and don't call fast food places and say you're from management and make them do things they yeah. don't want to do <laughs> but also you can cause a huge fire if you chuck water into boiling oil yeah yeah, uh, but I mean, just one ice cube is worth really. One no, ice probably cube. not one ice cube. I it would just do. I don't know what it was doing, like weird stuff or just like cause some it weird was, emotion. It was, it was bubbling. It was just like I would think the water would boil really fast, and that just yeah. might throw some of the which oil. is what which is what causes you know when they like don't ever throw water on an oil fire. Yeah, that's why. What happens is the second the water hits the hot oil, it vaporizes, causes a a mist of the. Oil to spray up in the air. Thirty so it's feet almost, up in the air. It's almost like what a fire breather does. You know, a fire breather doesn't just spit the uh, the the fuel. You kind of like sp- spray it, so it creates small bubbles because those small bubbles have high surface area and oh, they make it. Inc- that's all flammable. That's what makes. Yeah, that's what gives you a huge fireball. That's also okay. what happens if you chuck water into boiling oil because it just causes this sort of mist of thin part, okay. small particles of the oil, and you gotta m- throw baking soda on an oil fire. Baking soda on an oil fire. Yeah, okay. is that right? true? I believe so. Just another thank you, Arm and Hammer. And if someone thank calls, thank you for making it. Thank you for inventing baking soda. <laughs> yeah. Sir. If it is small and manageable, baking soda or salt will smother it. All right. Good to know. And also, just covering if it's grease fire, just turning off the heat source and covering it with a lid might do it. See, this but, is called probably science for a reason. I yep. mean, I'm enough. learning. You guys are learning. Yeah. Remember the, who, the triangle of fire? The three things it needs? Um, I Man, I'm not sure we learned oxygen, that. Oxygen. Isn't it just a fuel, air, and heat? Are the, that would be the oxygen. oxygen and heat? Yeah. Air. Oxygen yeah. is air. Yeah. Fuel and heat? Really? Is it that simple? I mean, fuel seems like a vague term to use there. Yeah, just something that is flammable. Okay. Oh, and by the way, the, the water mist that causes a fire is called a blevy. A blevy of fire. It's a uh, boiling liquid, that... boiling liquid expanding expanding vapor explosion. That's where that term comes from. All right, a blevy of a blevy, <laughs> blevy of, of beautiful fires. Yes. <laughs> see this blevy of see this blevy this of fires. Blevy of down. beautiful ladies. So wait, so that's a bevy of. But uh, uh, I'll start misusing that term all the time now. Wow, there's a blevy of you, isn't there? I'm on stage. Oh, it's a big group here, huh? Quite a blevy of you. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> Got any other any other blevies in here? <laughs> hey, uh, did you know that climate change is causing birds to shrink? No, but uh, oh, m- tiny miniature <laughs> birds, won't that be great? <laughs> yeah, you know how you're always complaining about how huge birds are? <laughs> Just the other day you were saying that. I know. I mean, everybody knows. I'm furious about the size of birds. Yeah, in my day. Yeah. If kids these days with smaller. Yeah, they're like football players. They're just getting too big. Birds. Their wingspans are growing. Uh, Researchers analyzed 70,716 specimens from 52 North American migratory bird species collected over 40 years. The birds... <laughs> By the way, that picture makes it look like they're trying to prove a point to other birds, sort of. Doesn't it really does. Well, also, just migratory birds. Do you want to know how they collected them? Uh, oh, 
The birds that looks good. The looks birds like had, had died after colliding with buildings in Chicago. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So they're dumb fuck birds. <laughs> I don't know if this is a fair sample because they're all idiot birds. They're just big stupid birds. Then that's all they are. Are we, are we building two bur- buildings that are too cool in Chicago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The birds. Uh, the authors say the study is the largest of its kind, and the findings are important to understand how animals adapt to climate change. Lead author Brian Weeks said, we found almost all the species were getting smaller. He's at the University of Michigan, by the way. The species were pretty diverse, but responding in a similar way. The consistency was shocking. He says, studies of animal responses to climate change often focus on shifts in geographical range or timing of life events like migration and birth. But this study suggests body morphology is a crucial third aspect. Mm. Well, I mean, look at it. A bumblebee is just a miniature hummingbird, basically. (laughs) That's, that's the original that's Latin what, name, I think. That's what they all say. <laughs> that's what it's basically the same thing. They're both yeah. honey-sucking. <laughs> yeah. And a hippo is that's like a large bird that <laughs> to enjoy yeah. mud. Right, right. A hippo, right. Everything is evolving. People don't realize this. They don't. That everything, when it birds comes to Hippos were once birds. <laughs> yeah. And everything was a mud skipper at one point. A snake's a bird that's got long. Right, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just got lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a bird. The Bill Dwyer story, guys. Like, if you uh, uh, from Penguin Books, which is also a bird, the you, book itself is a bird. If you could fly, though, I see that's the thing. People, oh, I'd love to be able to fly. It's still effort, you know. It's still, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Your wife would go, hey, go to the store. You go, oh, I'll grab the car. Oh, why don't you just fly? Ah, I've been flying all day. God damn it, we had to. Fly to the restaurant at lunch, and I—I I don't want to fly there. It's very if people, yeah, no one ever stipulates that when they're giving out powers. They're like, no, and they always want to fly, and you go, yeah, you know what can fly? A butterfly. You want to fly like that? Yeah, <laughs> Slow as shit. you <laughs> fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah, you want to fly like a hummingbird? <laughs> there, <laughs> there. You having fun? <laughs> there. That you flying? <laughs> Fucking hummingbirds. I love them, but God, could you imagine that life? What's up? What are we doing? Fucking hummingbirds. Jesus. The, I can't think of anyone. The most anxious bird of all, the hummingbird. All that effort to not move. Right, yeah. Oh, God. So from 1978 to 2016, the length of the bird's lower leg bone, a common measure of body size, shortened by 2.4%. Over the same time, the wings lengthened by 1.3%. That's cr- that's really crazy. <laughs> if if their if their leg bones are getting smaller in 40 years, two and a half percent. Not that crazy, is it? I mean, just think in in four in 400 years, if my math is correct, birds will be. Uh, the size of your uh, a pinky. They'll just be all wing. Sure. Your They'll fingernail. Be, yeah. They'll be all wing. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. Hey, the wings are getting bigger. Uh. That would, yeah, that's no fun either. Uh. That's definitely like a monkey's paw kind of thing. Wishing for flight and then you end up with wings that are the size humans would have to have to be able to fly. With. Right. <laughs> so you can't even like, go through And you can't retract them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Uh, we currently have a cat with a cone on his head, and it's... <laughs> doesn't know how big its head is right now. He, he really can't cope. Yeah. Yeah, they don't... Why, is they there don't... a cat door he can't go through right now? No, or? he just he's just never experienced this before. He's only just come back from the vet. He's had his balls off. Okay. So he's also a bit groggy. This is the, what I left to come to the uh, yeah. podcast. He's a bit groggy anyway, just from the surgery, but also he... 
he's like twice tried to run through gaps between like between our legs or like oh. next to the table and just uh, he doesn't he doesn't know what's going Poor on. Poor Doug. Yeah. Have we talked about Doug on the podcast yet? I don't think we have. They figure <laughs> they figure it out though. I mean, he's not going to wear that for long, but they figure it out after a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. He's also like trying to work like he's currently eating like a toddler. Because, like, the food is just, he's, like, it's just on the inside of the cone. Oh, he's bad at, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's just all smeared over everything. I did notice you, when you sent me that, uh, uh, he's a tuxedo, right? Is yeah, he's like a the tuxedo. coloring or the breed? Is that a breed or a coloring? I think, I think coloring. it's a coloring, yeah. So now he's, like, extra formal with this collar. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, <laughs> a little overdressed, maybe. <laughs> he's trying a bit too hard. He's yeah. going for, like, the governor's ball yeah. or something. <laughs> it's like, all right, come on now. What's the plan? And how old is he? I forgot. Did you see? He's, uh, just, we reckon that. The vet reckons about eight to nine months. This is a cat that uh, our friend Trish found in an alleyway that's normally full of coyotes. Oh. So she went to kind of shoo him to safety. I hope they call it Coyote Alley. Right. <laughs> so she went to shoo him to safety, uh, and he just jumped straight into her arms. And this was oh. an acted all, like, domesticated. This was at about 9.30 at night, so all the shelters and vets were closed. Mm-hmm. She couldn't take him in to get the chip scanned or whatever. And she called us up because she has a dog that would eat him, and yeah. and said, "Hey, could you just look after him overnight uh, until we get him scanned in the morning and find out who he belongs to?" And that was about uh, what two months ago now. <laughs> Did you, and, ever, uh, you ever scanned him? Even there's no chip. Well, oh, there, yeah, there is a chip now. We've just added a chip. Okay. Right. We put up. Uh, you know, Trish checked every one of like facebook and next door and all of the and there's like dedicated lost pet sites and she put oh, okay she posted all those as well and like looked around the neighborhood that it was in for uh po- like no posters no one's responded i think it was like i think it was like a kitten from a litter that they looked after oh, while right. it was all cute kitten and then he started to get a bit bigger and less cute and then they just went ah fuck this noise you know what i say when somebody shows me a picture of their cat what? I say, oh, you know who has a cat that looks like this? Everybody. <laughs> yes, very distinctive markings. <laughs> I think I've seen I pictures. Could find this you, I could cute. find you 50 cats in under an hour that look exactly <laughs> like your cat online. And I, and I love cats. I do. I think cats are great. But they're, they don't have, you know... I mean, look at all the look at all I, the Hitler cats. I mean, there's an entire website devoted to the Hitler cats. There are far fewer Stalins. That's true. Stalin there's no Clark Gables. <laughs> Show me um, some. Uh, um, um, what's the one? What's Sam Elliott. No, what's the one that I always could? Uh, is, was there a was there a Spanish dictator by the name of uh, Franco? Franco? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Generalissimo Francisco Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he look like? That was he a distinctive looking guy. I don't know, but he, he sounds kinda, like he had a good mustache. He was kind of tabby. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of orange, treasure. orange and white. Yeah, that's what our president is like a tabby. He is like orange. He's, his orange and white hair. He he, he does look kind of orange. You know, some comedians should talk about that. <laughs> his skin is an interesting color. Oh God. Hey, um, seriously, I was on um, Science Daily. And aside from the fact that uh, if you subscribe, you can get the free tote bag. Sure. Um, there was a thing in there about they found uh, tattoos uh, on uh, Egyptian mummies. Did you read that? I did not. I yes. feel like tattoos have been around for a long ass time. Right. But they just discovered these using some sort of infrared, 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 
Infrared? 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 Infrared. 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 I, I'll say I'll say the two separate words, but it'll both sound the same. Is it infrared or is it infrared? <laughs> no, no, no. Infrared? Neither. Infrared. Neither. Infrared? Infrared. Infrared. Am I saying that right? Infrared. Infrared. Infrared? Infrared. Infrared. Okay, so what of infrared from what you were saying <laughs> is... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my joke on that is uh, they all were uh, the Chinese symbols for uh, wisdom. That's my joke on that. General So's to go. Is what I the, wonder, uh, yeah. I want, oh, that'd be great if people, they've, uh, they've, yeah. If the yeah, <laughs> tattoo artists who don't speak Chinese, but they can write it. They, uh, they're just putting like menus on people's arms. That'd be great. Imagine when you're walking through China as a tourist with all your... Chinese yeah. symbols on your arm and uh, people are well, like, have you seen, mocking you. Have you seen like, uh, I think mostly in Japan, maybe just pictures of people wearing clothes that have English lettering yeah. on them for the for the graphic design aspect of it? And, yeah. Like, gibberish. And it says just, nothing? I mean, not even like something that was Wham? attempting and is, is incorrect. Just like word salad sort of stuff. Really? I mean, maybe this is a, an era. That's kind of brilliant past, though. But, uh, That's kind of... Oh, this is like a sort of Rosetta's tramp stamp. <laughs> you found a picture of the mummy? So they used, uh, they actually used infrared photography for this. Infrared? Yeah, they used infrared. 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 Infrared? Help, yeah, to help identify tattoos on seven mummified individuals dating to at least 3,000 years ago at a site called Dare El Medina. Who, uh, who did his research today, huh? Yeah. Oh, nice work. Science Bringing more daily. to the table than most guests. I mean, not to knock other guests. Yeah, no, no that's fuck all right. them. You're, I don't like any of them now. You're you're the only one that counts. <laughs> well, that's how it should be. Yeah, so you should always be talking to just the one guest. Archaeologist Ann Austin from the University of Missouri St. Louis reported uh, this at the annual meeting of the American School of Oriental Research. Although the identities are still using Oriental, huh? Um, the American School of Oriental Research. Well, okay. Somebody needs to change their name, don't they? An oriental rug, that's fine. An oriental person, that's not right. But where, where do mummies fit into that equation? What? Yeah. I don't know. What are they? Yeah, yeah. Why is they? Is that a person or an object? What yeah. You... Mid-oriental. Huh? Middle East. Mid- it just means East, Orient. Oriental or Oriental? Or- oriental? oriental or, am I saying that right? Which? Oriental. Oriental or Oriental. oriental. Occidental and Oriental, just Western and Eastern, just the literal. So until these discoveries, tattoos have been found on a total of only six mummified individuals over more than a century of research. But infrared photos, which display wavelengths of light invisible to the naked eye, are transforming what's known about tattooing in ancient Egypt, said Austin. It's quite magical to be working in an ancient tomb and suddenly see tattoos on a mummified person using infrared photography. Now, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing about science. Mm -hmm. Like... They, they only had they only discovered six tattoos on people over the last hundred years, and now all of a sudden, boom! Here's seven. Now we got seven. Door kick wide up. Like, <laughs> well, they found a whole more. So designs and placements of tattoos vary greatly. On the thirteen mummies, consisting of twelve women and one man, a female mummy found in 1891 bore the first known tattoo from ancient Egypt. More recently, archaeologist Renee Friedman from Oxford used infrared imaging to reveal tattoos on one male and one female Im- Egyptian mummy housed at the British Museum. These people lived in Egypt shortly before the rise of the first pharaoh around 5,100 years ago. Otis the Iceman's 
a two, oh sorry, 5,250-year-old body found in the Italian Alps displays the oldest known tattoos. Only tattooed females have been identified at Deir el Medina. Discoveries there challenge an, an old idea that tattoos on women connoted fertility or sexuality. These tattoos appear to be more closely associated with women's roles as healers or priestesses. Ah, you got your tattoo. Yep. Said you were yeah, either yeah, into it for the fun or you were into it for the babies. <laughs> but now it's yeah. like, fuck yeah, I can fix you. And then you got the one guy, your first trans, your first trans guy. Is the is the what the person who got the tattoo? Yeah, I mean, there's twelve gals, and then there was one fella. Okay, yeah. Obviously, he was questioning his sexuality. That's, that's very possible. Yeah. Um, in, Until we come up with more, that's my scientific fact. Write it down. Send it off. That'd be a trans woman, then. Yes. Like a, unless it's been mis. So you're you're arguing that it's a trans woman that's been misgendered by these researchers. <laughs> I, I don't know. Listen, someone who's having a rough life who was and it was not understood. <laughs> yeah, and it was that guy. Whatever, whatever happened to him? There was no like internet community they could reach out to to find similar people. There was uh, no yeah. There was no Basset Hound Park where you could take your Basset Hound. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like a cat park right what those guys all about the oh yeah that'd be, and that'd be great if there was an actual cat, cat park. park like has anyone seen my cat i don't i don't see any cat where are the cats they're, they're all just down low on the ground and staring at everybody no, I just a cat that. park would have to be completely enclosed yeah it makes all no the cats sense. would just be on this wire mesh ceiling <laughs> I want that written into a scene of a movie that's not even acknowledged. It's like someone asks, how'd you guys meet? Oh, at the cat park. Unless they move on from that and no one addresses it. It's near the, it used to be near the bird park, but they had to separate them from <laughs> The bird park. Is a bird park open? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure it ever closes. Oh, I just, thought, I just I don't see any birds. Right, yeah. Well, sometimes they fly in here. Yeah. People bring him here and seem to lose him. <laughs> Were there more tattoo stories? I forgot. Uh, so, in the most striking pay- case, the photo has revealed 30 tattoos on various parts of a female mummy. Cross-shaped patterns on her arms don't occur on any of the other tattooed dozen tattooed mummies, said Austin. Several other of her tattoos look like hieroglyphs used in ancient Egyptian writing. The extent and range of body markings on this woman suggests she may have been a religious practitioner of some kind. Austin speculates. She had 30 tattoos? She, so she had a sleeve? Yeah, it looks like it. Wow. And another woman uh, from Deir and Medina had a tattoo on her neck depicting a human eye, an ancient Egyptian symbol associated with protection, as well as tattoos of a seated baboon on either side of her neck. Holy shit. Damn. Good luck getting work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, it really You're like- not going to get a job as a greeter at the pyramid. <laughs> they, they probably have Unless you wear a, like, your baboon yeah. You gotta wear a polo neck <laughs> Cover those baboons up <laughs> Or you're in the stock room Do you wanna be in the stock room? If you wanna be in the stock room Then you can just keep that open but You wanna work the slicer? <laughs> you, uh, you wear that scarf <laughs> I'm trying to think of who the post Malone of ancient Egypt would have been <laughs> All of them by the sounds of well, things Yeah but just going all in with the facial uh, Right now, uh, one of you guys should get a uh, a baboon sitting uh, tattoo. Sitting baboon tattoo. I'm yeah. picturing these being like, like 
when you said I, I'm like, that seems like such a cliche for an ancient Egyptian to have. But I'm like, oh, wait, the cliche I have is because of their hieroglyphs, which were their actual hieroglyphs. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like a thing where we're like mocking. That was their language, mean? right? But also their picture, like their, yeah. But yeah, that's how like they wrote. That style is, prob- is probably literally the style that these tattoos But also that were. probably meant like a bunch of conspiracy theorists are going to be like, all right, I pyramid, you see what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Illuminatus. Um, I have a story that's kind of a cheery one. If you want to uh, go on, let's on do that. it. And then, well, there's also a big physics story. Oh, okay. We, there's the force of nature one that I don't understand, but up many of you sent in. We should do that before we do that. One quick thing that's, uh, I guess, uh, yes, this is good news coming from listener Mike, who sends in a lot of stories. Underwater speakers help revive dying coral reefs. Study finds as coral reefs die, they become stop dying. <laughs> hey. Life is wonderful. Like, oh, just like motivation, like Tony you're Robbins. Just yelling. To yeah, you're just yelling at the coral. Yes. Just, I was just like a movie where someone's being shot. Don't you're, me, man. You're helping. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> Think of your kids. <laughs> we're going to get through this, you and me. We're going to go back and we're going to start up a little restaurant. Oh, tell me, how it's, what are we going to serve? <laughs> Uh, krill. Uh, krill, of course. Yeah. As coral reefs die, they become <laughs> silent graveyards. However, the introduction of underwater loudspeakers brings new life and helps to rejuvenate the coral reefs. A recent, recently published paper in Nature Communications highlights research focused on the impact of playing sounds around dead or dying corals. The findings were a pleasant surprise in the future conservation and recovery of coral reefs. The researchers weren't playing Kesha or classical music, but the sounds of healthy, vibrant coral reef ecosystems. Why did they pick? Why did they rip Kesha? I think they just wanted to go alliterative with the sounds of the cut and cut. Oh, yeah. I know. Kesha. Because I was thinking of uh, We're Not Gonna Take It by uh, whatever those guys were. Twisted Twist. Sister? Yeah. Yeah. Was that Quiet Riot? Quiet no, Riot. No, I'm pretty sure it's Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister. D. Snyder. Yeah. Twisted Sister. Come on, Feel the Noise is Quiet Riot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Although that's actually Slade. a cut. Yeah. Right. And all the Slade songs are misspelled like that, right? Are they? I think he, it's like Maybe. Prince misspellings with like Z's and things. But come on, feel the noise. They just uh, misspell come, right? No, just, noise is also with a Z. <laughs> noise is with a Z too? Yeah, I think well, that's so. Just, well, that's a double negative and then it's, everything's fine. Come on, feel the noise is a double negative? Oh, because the yeah, two misspellings you, Yeah, because you get the two misspellings. Yeah. So it all evens out. Okay, so not all of their songs are misspelled, but many of them are. What are some other Slade songs? Uh, <laughs> So, Mama, I'd never knew. Mama, we're all, Mama, we're all crazy now is another one of their big hits. What is and it? Mama, Mama, we're all crazy now. And that's, oh, right. But that's spelled like weird, W E E R, and then crazy is spelled like crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the double E, with the and double then E. Cause I love you, C O. Uh, yeah, C-O-Z. cause I love you, rather than C O Z. Look what you done. And you is yeah. in you, I'm guessing. I didn't realize how many of their songs are misspelled. Squeeze me, please me. A lot of Zeds. And then let's not forget Sly and the Family Stone, maybe copying them with uh, Thank You for Letting Me Be Mice Elf. Mice Elf? You didn't know that's how it's spelled? Thank you for letting me be. Mice, M I C E. Oh, really? E L F, yeah. Oh. I should know that. Yeah. I mean, you're not a game show host. Oh, wait a second. That's... <laughs> wait, I'm not like have... Alex Trebek who knows all the answers according to him. He knows because they repeat so many that he's 35 years of hosting. They repeat what? You... I've been watching him on Netflix. So many things, not literally word for word, but topic, like the, 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 the meat of the question is the same. Hmm. Stop it. I mean, 
maybe they reversed the order, but you know, it's a question about Iago and Othello or something. Yeah. And the answer is one, not, you know, well, there's tons of Shakespeare, but yeah. you got to take the test online. I did. Uh, and still waiting to hear back. Oh, got 47 out of 50. The cutoff's 35. I'm like, where's my, uh, wow. Really? Yeah. We might see you. I don't now know, you I have to do it. it fast, right? Are you playing against no, you have um, somebody like or 10 seconds to type in each answer or something that a new one comes up. No, it's just online. Oh, okay. Yeah. So fingers crossed, um, for your lips. We'll see. Lips I to, mean, they must test you again because you could, Oh yeah. Somebody could be, uh, you know, sitting next to you and Googling quickly. Nah, not Googling, but maybe they're smarter than you. Maybe, you yeah, know, maybe you got like a group of, yeah. Yeah. A bunch um, of yous. Could so, so tell me what's, what's the story? About the reef? Yeah. Okay. Is that, yes. is, that it? is that pretty much the whole story? No, uh, they play the sounds of the healthy, vibrant coral system, of a healthy, vi- vibrant coral reef ecosystem. The researchers believe they could potentially entice juvenile and adult fish to a dying reef by playing sounds associated with a vibrant living reef. The results prove their hypothesis. Broadcasting healthy reef sounds doubled the total number of fish and increased the number of fish species by 50% compared to equivalent unmodified dead coral. And to make sure there was no bias in the acoustically enriched reefs, the research team studied dead coral areas with both dummy speakers and no speakers. After 40 days, the acoustically enriched reefs had double the number of fish compared to the dummy speaker and no speaker control groups. It's pretty convincing. The increase in fish was spread across a diverse transect, including herbivores, detritivores, planktivores, and predatory piscivores, like fish eating fish. Fish eaters, yeah. Uh, detritivores seems like uh, teeth related or something, De- or detritus, like eating eating detritus, meaning just eating like your own teeth, garbage. What is detritivore? One sec, let's see. Well, it's it's obviously referencing Detroit. Yeah. Uh, so animals, animals that feed on dead organic material, especially plant detritus. Detritivores. Like yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, well, the reintroduction of fish to a coral reef isn't the entire recipe to regrow healthy coral reef ecosystems. It helps the reef begin to recover, fish clean reef, and create spaces for new corals to grow. What is the entire recipe, if that's not the entire recipe? I mean, the coral itself is an organism. Yeah. So it's But not I mean, like they said this isn't the entire recipe, so if they know the entire recipe... If, well... Why are ask, they teasing us with this? Combi- just got, this one I've got story. Answer for you, Bill. If combined with habitat restoration and other conservation measures, rebuilding fish communities in this manner might accelerate ecosystem recovery. That sounds ah, that's so vague. <laughs> combined with conservatism and echo, <laughs> come on. Where do you put the speakers? Yeah, I don't know what the orientation has to be or how loud the. Also, what does a healthy coral reef sound life sound like? I don't know. You got a guy who shows up. He's got to wire your coral reef. <laughs> and the other fish, if they ask him if, if he's a... He's like talking you into to... different speakers. Like, <laughs> and he, yeah. Oh, you only got stereo in your reef? Oh, that's no good, man. That's no good. Oh, you're not going to get a good ecosystem with that. Let me just trust me on this one. Just, a, just an extra 200. It's just an extra you. 200. <laughs> I wonder how vinyl works. He'll give you HBO for like 50 bucks or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, man. I've never had I never had someone back in the days when they could do that. I've never had some hookup. Have you ever had some hookup a free channel? Hell for you? yeah. I How'd mean, you do it? I don't know, tap your foot, raise a finger. I don't know. It's like all everybody was doing was waiting for someone to ask. You've, you've hey, done. You could we? Some uh, guys some money? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Wait, yeah, you just it like hanging much... in the kitchen, going like, "Hey, uh, here a lot of people are uh, watching HBO <laughs> these days. Uh, <laughs> can we get HBO? Yeah, I'll look it up for you. You know, 
I think just I'd be, like that. It was like that. I'd be too afraid. All right. He'd be like the honorable cop hey, what a, who, who what refuses a, the bribe and then takes you in for it. Well, one, we used to live in Silver Lake, and um, we had all the channels. Like the guy just, we gave him 50 bucks, and he just set us up with everything. And it's like everybody in the neighborhood did that. Like the wires going to the to the in silver, like going to the uh, to to the telephone poles. It was crazy. It was completely. It was the wild west, right? There was no regulation. Yeah, yeah. Nobody had boxes then, you know. So there was no monitoring. Birds were getting strangled on the daily as yeah, you were getting showtime uh, for sure. Yeah, and then just one day, fucking, we click. Hey, we don't have we don't have Nothing anything anymore. And we get like some sort of a, a letter from uh from the cable company. Well, it looks like you've been illegally uh uh stealing cable. Um uh if you uh, don't want to be prosecuted, uh call us and we'll uh you know, turn your system back on. It's like, "Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. I don't want to be prosecuted." Wait, so, if you don't want to be prosecuted, call us. Right, if because we, they want they us. want you to pay for the cable. Yeah, but you're not gonna you're not so gonna have like, all the hey, shit uh, anymore. You're not gonna have Showtime and HBO anymore, and everything else. Yeah, every the guy gave it the, fifty bucks. What a steal! The one guy gave us everything. Yeah, that's. I but it know used it to be. Easy. Yeah, right. It was always. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Why wouldn't everyone do that? Why didn't we? Why didn't my parents? Why couldn't I have talked my parents into doing that? I don't you know? know. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? <laughs> so they got like ethics over over cable. Do you know that like way like. Back in the day, like you could buy a satellite dish, and um, Harry, uh, what's the name of the guy in Spinal Tap? Uh, Harry Shearer. Shearer. Harry Shearer, and you could you could pull in, you know, the feeds from everything. All of Harry Shearer's like, channels. What's no, the Harry but Shearer like, connection? Like you could be watching CBS News, and they would go to a commercial, but you could still keep watching Dan Rather like shuffle his papers during a commercial break. No. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God, ask Harry Shearer. Because he was an early adopter of satellite dish he just, technology. Yeah, he had, yeah, he had a big satellite dish. And this is the, uh, out, in the, you know, out in the sticks. He you had to have a giant satellite dish, you know. Not giant, I mean, yeah. not a, but you were pulling in everything. Everything. That's crazy. Yeah, I just network feeds for. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. Wait, is it only when like a person is reporting from a field location, so they were beaming there? I don't know the specifics, Andy. All I know is that you could get everything. Everybody, you got everything. Yes. What do you want? I want, uh, do you have, I said. We no, have you everything. didn't even have to bargain yeah. with the guy. They just set up, you had your stupid farm, and they gave yeah. you a satellite dish. You and, got everything. And you got everything. <laughs> you probably didn't even pay a monthly fee. They just wanted People to watch TV and, and watch commercials. And they're calling this the golden age of television. God. That would have been so much fun. Yeah. Oh. oh, that would have been so much fun. Uh, <laughs> Matt, do you have a... <laughs> yeah, let's close this out with this, because it's a, it's a big physics story that I don't understand, but it possibly a huge physics story. Black hole? We're going to... It is a fundamental force, a possibly fifth fundamental force of nature that has been discovered. A bunch of people sent in versions of the story. Let's go with the one, though, that uh, listener Rachel sent in. Uh, because right, uh, I've got question. a raised hand here from Mr. Dwyer. Rachel, what, are, what are the uh, what are the four? Earth, uh, air, fire, water. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. I'm on board. All right. Lust, gluttony, <laughs> umami. Is the one they, they oh yeah, that, the yeah. new one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, scary, sporty, come? baby. 
<laughs> and Ginger. Now, yeah. didn't Scary change your name? Well, no, Posh was stayed and then Ginger left. Yeah. But didn't Ginger, I swear, I can't find proof Baby of Baby Spice, no. No, Ginger at some point was sexy called spice. Sexy Spice. Yeah, yes. thank you. Thank you. No one else remembers that. Yes. They wanted to make it more like little girl friendly. They changed it from sexy to Ginger. Right. Was that was that just an American thing or was that, well, it probably would be in the United States. No, I just think no, remember there being a Sexy Spice and now there's no sign of a Sexy Spice. Because sometimes we have different names. Like, we've, we've discussed on the show before how we didn't have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I thought you were just going to like make it. Like, what did you have? I forgot the first We had Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Oh. Because someone decided that ninjas were too violent, so they changed the name to Hero, but they kept all of their weapons. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they still had, like, a massive sword. Sure. But they were called Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just... I'm a, that, I'm a, I'm a... That'll put a stop to that. <laughs> <laughs> there goes any possible... <laughs> Child I'm, violence. I would think. I would think they would change mutant, but all right. <laughs> so Ra- Rachel sent in the CNA piece uh, written by apparently Rachel's friend Ryan. Hey Ryan, uh, sexy spice. At yeah? least according to infoplease.com. Yeah, ginger spice also known as sexy spice. Yeah, right. The actual four forces, by the way, are gravity, electromagnetic, and then the strong and weak nuclear forces. Oh. Okay. But really? I, didn't, I honestly, I didn't know that. They they are the foreign east. They have over time sort of found theories that combine different ones and connect them, but they still haven't found a unifying theory of all of them. That's what what Einstein died having not successfully done, and <sighs> multiple theoretical physicists since. But there are so new research may be leading us closer to one more fundamental force. Scientists at the Institute for Nuclear Research at the Hungarian Academy of Sciences, Atomki, have posted findings showing what could be an example of that of fifth force at work. The scientists were watching closely how an excited helium atom emitted light as it decayed. You know it's excited because it speaks with a higher pitch than normal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe this! All right, Gideon. I'm dying, I'm dying! Um, the particles split, split at an unusual angle, 115 degrees, which could not be explained by known physics. The study's lead scientist, uh, what a name this is, by the way, Attila Krasnohorke, told CNN that this was the second time his team had detected a new particle, which they call X-17, because they calculated its mass at 17 mega electron volts. Mm. It could be a particle which connects our visible world with the dark matter, he said in an email. Jonathan Feng, a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of California at Irvine, told CNN he's been following the Hungarian's team's work for years and believes its research is shaping up to be a game-changer. If these results can be replicated, this will be a no-brainer Nobel Prize, he said. Way to jinx it. Three ye- <laughs> so three years ago, the Hungarian researchers published a similar paper in Physical Review Letters, which is one of the most prestigious physics journals. The nuclear physics experimental team have been studying another isotope, beryllium-8, as it decays down to a ground state. They saw electrons and positrons splitting off from the atom at unusual angles. Those findings, which show particles coming off from beryllium-8 at around a 140-degree angle, were strange and new. We introduced such a new particle which nobody saw before, said Krasnohorke. And whose existence... Attila. Just call him Attila. Call him Attila. Yeah. Dr. Attila. Professor Attila. <laughs> 
whose existence could not be understood by the widely accepted standard model of particle physics, so it faced scrutiny. These findings by Tiller's team didn't get much attention at first, but they raised Feng's eyebrows. He said that he, who's, quote... Whose eyebrows? <laughs> Feng's? Yeah, hang on. Where is Feng? When, <laughs> is when, when the we... first time we're introduced? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah man. Oh, no, no, no. Jonathan... I want to know more about this guy. Jonathan Feng is the professor of physics and astronomy oh. at UC Irvine. Oh, oh, right. John Feng. Yeah, Johnny Feng. John... <laughs> Johnny Feng. With the eyebrows. Jack, Dr. Jack, Dr. Jack, Feng. Jack Feng. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pro- pro- professor eyebrows. Johnny Feng. You know how his eyebrows are always being raised when surprising <laughs> physics occurs? <laughs> that's, uh, that's when you know it's a real surprise Yeah Dr. Uh, Fag's eyebrows uh, At pro- least one Yeah raised. Not only were his eyebrows raised though He also said he didn't want He did not want to leave Potentially revolutionary results Just sitting on the table In short It could the science change- table Right Very clean science table In short it's it could no change there. It's Who left a- these <laughs> Who left these here It could change physics as we know it Or it could have been a simple lab error Some people said they screwed up According oh. to Fang but he believed the Hungarians were for real. His research group published a paper on the heels of the Hungarians' 2016 work, laying out a theory to observe what Krasnohorke's experimental team had seen. They referred to this unseen fifth force in action as a protophobic force, meaning that it was as though the particles were afraid of protons. I think the problem is just maybe if you haven't met a proton... You right. Know, it's Sometimes really, it's just about communication and yeah, just getting right. Like where you were raised, like maybe there weren't the, any protons sure. yeah, around. Yeah. Like it's you're not proton phobic. You just don't understand. Yeah. Like what they're all about, or what they eat, or what it's like, or yeah. But maybe if like one rescues you or something, or, yeah, or has yeah. magical powers, is yeah. like a caddy. Or, I mean, maybe you're yeah. just a classic. I love a neutron kind of guy, you <laughs> know. And yeah, you just yeah can't handle the protons. You know, I don't mind a proton. I just don't want them all in my face. <laughs> I don't know why they have to have parades and stuff, you know. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, nuclear physics physicists around the world set to work looking for errors in the Hungarian's work. See, but this is why up- you become a scientist. Yeah. Because you can work forever. Like these guys. Like this thing, it's whatever. Hey, the hydrogen thing, is it still dying? It sure is. All right, great. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep looking at that. Tomorrow, we'll look at it again. See if we can find an error. Yeah. So, so far, they've come up empty-handed. Some very well-known phys- nuclear physicists have done that exercise, says Feng, to no avail. The numbers seem to add up, and no one can find ways their equipment was incorrectly calibrated. And Feng said his own team was comparing the Hungarian experiments with every other experiment that has been done in the history of physics. Should be done soon. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can, you can I, be a scientist and just check other scientists' work. Yeah. Like, that's all you... Then you're still a scientist. And in fact, in there's ways, a problem in science that that isn't done enough. Yeah. We've, we've discussed on this vital. show before about oh, how... Yeah. yeah, one of the real... Because that is one of the central tenets of science is reproducibility and testing. But there's not... There's often not much glamour in that. Like, your job as a professional scientist, if you want career advancement and you want to, you know, get tenorship and uh, profess- professorial yeah, yeah. chairs, is you've, you've got to publish... And you've got to publish in prestigious journals as much as possible, right? And they are they, they look they like glamour, and it's yeah, it's much it's much fancier to go here's a brand new result than to go hey these previous results we've tested them and they aren't sound or even we tested them they, they are, are sound yeah. Yeah. it's not glamorous you don't get it's not, it's not and no one and no one cares that doesn't get you just give us the glamour science. that doesn't yeah. get you on the fancy conferences that doesn't right. get you the big prof- professorships so yeah. that, and that's a problem. 
but anyway, they've been testing it. They've been finding it. And the only way so far that they can explain X-17 was a hitherto undetected fifth force. To move their breakthrough idea from 2016 forward, the Hungarians would need to repeat the results again. That's exactly what these 2019 results do. Feng says that barring experimental error, there was only a one in a trillion chance that the results were caused by anything other than the X-17 particles and this new fifth force. Mm-hmm. He added that Damn. if another research group could repeat these results with a third type of atom in addition to beryllium and helium, this would, quote, blow the cover off this thing. So Fang, Fang is doing a lot of talking in this article... But Attila just communicates a few sentences via email, from what I remember yeah. way back in this story. He's like, ah, I've done this. Yeah, where's Attila HK? What about this guy? <laughs> well, he's just got Fang. Hey, you want? You don't know? Talk to my mouthpiece. Fang. Fang, Fang will chat. Yeah, Fang. He's not just a pair of eyebrows. <laughs> he's a mouth as well. <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, It'd be great if he didn't have a nose. So if I- just had so Feng says they're leading us closer to what is considered the holy grail in physics, which Albert Einstein had pursued but never achieved. A unified field theory, which would coherently explain all cosmic forces from the formation of galaxies down to the quirks of quarks. How very alliterative. Quark quirks. But the universe is not giving up its secrets easily. There is no reason to stop at the fifth, said Feng. There could be a sixth, seventh, and eighth force. But only an eighth. Oh, right. Yeah. But that's Save it. that. <laughs> Save that. Why don't He's, you lead with that? <laughs> but he is too busy there going through. Be. Oh, and by the way, say everybody. <laughs> but he is still too busy going through every physics experiment ever. Every every single one. Which is it's right, like which they is, don't the take way, off all their clothes in the first dance. It's, yeah. by, it's by the third dance. I'd like yeah. that he's not just doing like professional and recent physics ones. He's no, also no, like just everything. any school lab. <laughs> any we, we any crank in his shed. Uh, every time a student makes baking soda and vinegar in a, in a clay yeah, volcano. There's Fang. <laughs> Every, everyone that's like method results. <laughs> Although we yeah, it's chemistry, that's not physics. Hey, uh, is uh, seriously? I was just I like I don't understand black holes at all. Mm-hmm. And to me, like they they explain them, and it just it still it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. You just well, know see, what the, you know what the uh, what what behavior it exerts to th- what it does to things around it. But like you can't possibly conceive of it because. It's not well, something then, that we were evolved to. Uh, well, then how do they how do they explain it to? I mean, there's a definition for it. It's a yeah. black hole, uh, whatever. A, a star dies, and then it's it's so 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 massive that it not only pulls matter towards it, but light itself, anything from within a certain radius in lightwise gets sucked. See, in and that's doesn't, I mean, that's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. It warps space time. Exactly. Everything with mass warps space time a little bit. And wasn't that wasn't Einstein just fascinated with black holes? Isn't everybody? It's the most fascinating thing imaginable. It's uh, it's but there's nothing uh, in the middle. You yourself just said it's unimaginable. You can't imagine it. You can't. All you can do is just like describe what what things it causes. But like you can't really conceive of it. Look, we've imagined a lot of things in this podcast. (laughs) We've imagined you with wings having a hard time getting through doorways. (laughs) Imagine the cat park, which is still... I'm going to go on Shark Tank. Yeah. That's the shark park also. Right? So why can't we imagine... (laughs) Just a patch of ocean that has a sign. (laughs) Just got like a floating sign that says this is the the shark park. Closed from dust to dawn. (laughs) You've got to have, like, a large shark park and a small shark park next to each other. Right. We've imagined the uh, the the uh, this, this stereo 
uh, installation guy at the sure. Coral Reef. I mean, everything is imaginable. Everything's imaginable. So this whole black, black hole thing, just it's just like they're like, oh, well, here's what it is. And you, don't worry if you don't get it. Well, you can't get, even they don't, they get the the math that Then that why it creates, is it even like, brought up? Why does anybody? Because it's real. They definitely exist. They're just like outside of the realm that humans are used to conceiving of and things. then there's all talks of uh, black holes like running into each other and that sort of thing. And yeah, then, they do that. And in 450 billion years, like we're going to be a black hole or something. I don't think our star is... Yeah, big enough I, to ever become a black hole. Yeah. Oh, think, it is, buddy. Is it? Is oh, it? yeah. <laughs> Don't you badmouth okay. our sorry, star. Sorry, son. Sorry, son. <laughs> I think it's 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 sleeping. Yeah, why right are you now, so negative, so Andy? It can't, it, can't, yeah. it can't hear you when it's asleep. You didn't know that? It's when the <laughs> night when the sun goes bye-bye. Why do you hate our star? <laughs> it knows yeah. what it did. You don't like it. Because of skin cancer. Why don't you go, don't you go live it. on the moon and have your own star? You'll still have the sun. You'll get burned even worse on the moon. No way. You'll get a better tan on the moon? You'll See, die. I'm a positivist. <laughs> like, if we inhabit Mars, can I get a tan there? You will die very quickly from radiation if you don't have a suit on in Mars? But that is yeah, a kind of yeah. tan. Why so, yeah. are we going there? We'll have to protect ourselves once we're there. There's no atmosphere, basically, or there's very little atmosphere. Well, why are we going there, then, if there. we can't get tan? As Sir Edmund Hillary <laughs> It doesn't sound like Tenzing fun. Norgay. What's it going to be on Mars? Like a like a geodesic a dome? They'll have a dome probably. And water slides. Matt Damon will be and there. They're going to have to bring in water. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then waste it on slides. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> the, the well, you recycle it. Matt, we really should have put more like life things before we were before we went all out on this water park. <laughs> The Martian water park is the first thing they build. I really or, don't. It's right next to the cat park. Yeah. You know what? All we, these dead cats. When you first said water park, I really should have spoken up. And that's on me. That is on me. <laughs> that's something to do. I don't know. When we said water park, we meant it's a park you bring your water to. It's like a dog park or a cat park. So you're supposed to come All right, your so, own water. So both of us have made mistakes yeah. on this one. Yeah. Now... It is a very nice water park. It's a great water park as long as you bring some. And, yeah. and for the couple of minutes that we have left to live, let's really enjoy this lazy river. <laughs> you gotta bring your own water to the water. BYOW. Bill, where can our listeners find you? And check uh, you down. I guess I'm on Instagram uh, at Bill Dwyer, B I L D W Y E R. And I rarely do anything on Twitter, though. Uh, anyway, I'll just I'll just post it tomorrow. Here's what I thought, though. I thought that uh, Trump would uh, run for president. He'd dump Pence, pick up Nikki Haley as his running mate for 2020. And then after he wins, I don't want him to win, but after he wins, he steps down. He takes all the credit for our first woman president. Why, why would he gain from that? Because he's done. He's so tired of all this shit. <laughs> he doesn't shit. even want to be president. He, he, doesn't he wants lose. to win again, yeah. but then he yeah. wants to step down. He doesn't like the job. Oh, no. No. I agree. Has anyway, anybody, that's ever, all I has to say. anybody ever changed their vice president uh, after a term? And yes, I think they have. Really? I believe so. I should know this. This would be a jeopardy. I be, didn't question. Lincoln have a couple of different vice presidents? Yes, that that he just chose that he like decided to get rid of. Well, one? I don't. I don't know what the rules were back then, but but I think Lincoln had one for his first term because he was two term president. Right, he was in his second term. He was in yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 65. he was in his second term, and that's and, and that's Johnson. when he had Johnson, but he didn't have Johnson the first term. First president to have multiple vices was Jefferson. 
Oh, look at that. That guy was brilliant. He was the Thomas Fang of the colonial <laughs> era. Then, that's what they called him. Then James Madison also had different vice presidents during his eight years. Oh. And these weren't because of deaths or anything? These were just like changing the guard? Yeah, Clinton ran as the vice presidential candidate in 1805 and served until his death. Did you say Clinton? Apparently so. Mm-hmm. Then he won re-election with Elbridge Gerry as his, or Jerry, G-E-R-O-Y, as his vice. Um, then Franklin Roosevelt served for three consecutive terms and was elected as a fourth but died shortly afterwards as we know his first vice president was John Nance Garner Nance? Nancy? N-A-N-C-E Nance Nance, Nance. Sure. Yeah. Garner also sought the nomination the Democratic nomination in 1932 and threw support and delegates behind Roosevelt in exchange for the vice presidency Roosevelt Garner had good relations but clashed over several during the first term it clashed over several major issues during the second uh, Henry Wallace was Roosevelt's second vice president then uh, Wallace served one term was replaced by Roosevelt in the election of 1944 by Truman there you go and that gave us Truman when FDR died and Truman had Vice President Dorcas which we all remember that's right well <laughs> uh, so but we not Lincoln they don't say Lincoln huh okay don't worry about it <laughs> don't sorry, worry about it. sorry I brought it up I, I know you guys want to no, yeah, finish this thing this is like mailing a letter to yourself you are now you, you're the first person to say that this Nikki Haley thing is going to happen if it does this podcast will okay. give you all the credit for the idea I was going to I was going to tweet it too so I'll tweet it but okay and the date today is December 4th 2019 guys three weeks till a new decade just over three weeks Oh four, yeah. Well, actually, well, though, no, actually, though, come on, it's actually the end of this call decade. It the, you call because there was no year zero. The first one through ten. I had this. From there. Uh, I had this discussion on a first date once. There was no second date. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that was the zeroth date. To be honest, so, <laughs> did you start yelling? Were you guys yelling at she each other? She just couldn't see that uh, that there was not. A, I wasn't even arguing for either side. I was just saying, can you see how there could be a. a there could be two sides to this. Yeah, right. Like, no, clearly. I, mean, I don't even remember what her side was. It's just better when something is, you know, the zero zero, the year 2000 was cool, you yeah. know? But I mean, okay, think of it, I guess think of it this way. It's, it's also okay. like nobody is ever, has any calendar been created at its own zero point? Right. Well, there's no Every like, calendar's been created there's no like absolute zero of a calendar where if you go, oh yeah, when you go back to zero, that's the creation of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Or the yeah. creation of the calendar. Well, we all know it's the day Christ was born. That's true. And then you're in AD. Yeah. Boom. AD, Uh, and then luckily January was just five days later. uh, (laughs) Seven, whatever. Six. You can find us at Probably Science individually at Andy T. Wood at Matt Mm Kirshen. You can also find us online at ProbablyScience.com. That's where we have the episodes and also our show notes. If you want links to any of the stories we have covered, if you want to read up further and uh, you can also find the donation button and the Patreon button. We hugely appreciate everyone who's done that and helps us keep this thing going. And you can help us by sharing, by spreading the word, tweeting, Facebooking, doing all that kind of thing, letting other people know about the show. That helps us a lot. Let other people know about Bill. And uh, yeah. and if you see anyone start a cup of cat park, tell us so we can sue them. That's our idea. That is our yeah, idea. Yeah, we'll get the barely legal team on yes. this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, l- listeners, thank you. Bill, yes. thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.